Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District. And every week, we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. In this episode, we talk to Pam Keller. She teaches in the multi-age program at Orangethorpe Elementary. All right. Okay. Well, Pam, here we are. Hi. Um, so today we're going to talk to you about... Um, your journey into teaching, um, but also we're going to talk to you about some quotes that people um, sent us. You gave us three names, and um, we're going to try to see if any of those we can time into innovation and risk taking. Um, and if we can, great. And if we can't, no big deal. Um, but I find that every conversation that we go into depth with the teacher, usually it 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 comes. I mean, it comes to pass. We talk about like making a way out of no way or like coming up with something you haven't done before or trying something. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then we started this last time when we interviewed Sarah Spiro. Um, I'm going to ask for bonus feedback, which is like, what do you think we could do to make the podcast better? And okay. so um, Sarah Spiro, her advice was don't focus on innovation. Focus on what, I think it was like what teachers what makes teachers lifelong learners mm -hmm. and the idea of like learning as like the key, the joy of learning. As you're going yeah. along. Yeah. yeah. She, she referenced a book that um, uh, she was really inspired by. And so I thought that was cool. So I thought in that same tradition, we'll just say, yeah, anything. And it could be um, somebody to interview. Oh, you should interview so-and-so. Or it could just be like, why don't you, you know, try this new recipe for the podcast. So, um, okay. so I thought that'd be um, a good tra tradition to kind of keep is ask people for feedback. Um, okay, so, so where did your teaching journey start? Where tell us about that? Ah, so I loved preschoolers. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess you could go back to that childhood thing where we all played teacher yeah. in the garage. Yeah. My parents put a little chalkboard on the back of the garage and so you could sit in there and, and I they, used to play. So you had a chalkboard in the garage? Yeah, it was on the door, oh, the door awesome. that went up and down yeah. and then we had a little couch and we would play pre, we would play school. Yeah. On Sunday, I played Sunday school. I had this big red hymnal because I was in the choir. So I would play Sunday school and I'd be like the, the choir teacher and all that. That's cool. So that was super fun. Um, even before that, we taught my little sister how to read in my friend's garage. So yeah, that was super fun. She was like, reading. yeah, she was four and I was five and my friend was nine. And we taught my sister how to read in the That's garage awesome. with these little books. That's awesome. So yeah, it was fun. So I think we all, I always did that, but I loved preschoolers. So I really, yeah. and I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. So I really wanted to own a preschool. That was oh, my goal. Wow. I wanted That's to own cool. a preschool. Yeah. And so. Go back a little bit. Your yeah. family of entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like, is that a donut shop? Is that oh, like so, inventing? Oh, even better than a donut shop. Um, <laughs> donut shops are fun, though. <laughs> no, it was interesting. My father was a firefighter when I was a little girl. Okay. So firefighters have that extra time. They work, you know, yeah, yeah. long days, but then yeah. they have amount of time off. And my dad and his very best friend from junior high okay. um, decided they wanted to open a liquor store. 
Okay. And so they actually got in a lottery to get the liquor license because oh. they're very expensive, uh-huh. but they let new ones out, so they got it for a reduced cost. Really? Okay. And they, out of the 13 people that got them that day, they got the 13th liquor license. Oh, my gosh. So when I was little, I, I remember on Christmas Day, we were literally stocking the shelves of this store. Oh, it's really? In, it's in La Palma on Orange Thorpe and Walker. It's still there? Uh-huh. Okay. And we don't own it anymore, but it's uh-huh. there. It's called Granada Liquor. <laughs> so we were stocking the shelves to get open before the end of the year so it could be tax something good with taxes yeah, yeah, yeah. right so um he would be a firefighter on one day and be a liquor store owner the next day then a firefighter then a liquor store owner so not only that but they had a deli that very good deli okay. and a beautiful wine room because oh. in those days they didn't sell liquor in grocery stores like, oh. yet okay right yeah. so the liquor store was the spot to go. It was the spot. So yeah. that was my first job. I worked in the deli, <laughs> and I was only allowed to work on Sunday if my dad or my dad's partner, who was kind of like an uncle, was yeah. there because they didn't think it was a safe place for a 16-year-old to be. Did you like so working? I loved working Did there. You? I got paid cash every Friday. Oh, okay. I was rich. I was yes. so rich. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. But <laughs> So my dad had that, and it, it did so well that at one point he stopped being a firefighter. Really? So, yeah. It was a very oh awesome business. And That's so cool. he you know, moved on from there. And then um, my parents, when I was in junior high, opened a travel agency over near, kind of over by in near Parks Junior High, Euclid and Rosecrans. Okay. So they had a travel agency. So I did a lot of work for them too, like making phone calls. It was before computers, right? Right. So we, I did a lot of work in there for them and we used to take these awesome fam trips. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, super fun. So they did a lot of that. My mom had one of those like plant lady businesses. So it's like Tupperware, but it's plants. And we had a greenhouse in the backyard and they really? would do house parties. And then, yeah, so we just, my family always had that That's kind of cool. stuff. So I wanted to be one too, and I just yeah. wanted to open my own preschool. So yeah. that was my goal. Yeah. So that's what I started doing. And yeah. I was working preschool, and but I don't know if you've ever seen a preschool teacher's salary, but they're really, really mm. low. They're really yeah. extremely low, which yeah. is unfortunate because that's really the most important years for kids. Right. Like, it's right. really, really, the, that foundation is so important. Yeah. So yeah. the money wasn't really there. Yeah. But at one point, I don't know. And I, so the, the credentialing process for, it's like a certain number of hours in yeah, early, now it's early a, childhood Yes, now you have education. to have a certain amount of hours. Okay. So it was like not a very... Place. Like high bar, you could do mm-hmm. some hours and start working. Yes. So is that where you were, just working yeah, at a so preschool? Yes, I was. I was doing teaching? that. I can't okay. even remember where exactly I was working at the moment, but Sharon Cork Silva, if you know her, yeah, yeah. we've been friends since high school. She was teaching like maybe her first or second year at Golden Hill. Okay. And she called and she said, there's an opening in the preschool. Call them up. Oh, really? So I called him up and Shirley Jordan was at Maple and I went to her. In those days, it was all very loosey-goosey. And I went in her office and I have this awesome little interview and found out her husband was my principal in fourth grade at Ford School. And it was all awesome. And then... She said, okay, well, I don't have a preschool job. I have this latchkey job. And it was May. It was May. And so she hired me, literally, I think, to clean out a classroom of an after-school program, the latchkey program oh, wow. at Richmond School. Oh, wow. So that's how I started in the district 30 years ago. Oh, wow. Over 30, about 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So I was doing that. 
And then I really, you know, after school wasn't my gig. Yeah. Um, I suffered through it. I love the kids. I love the families. But yeah. it was like being the old woman in the show. I was at Sunset Lane with Sue Fawson, who's <laughs> awesome. And I had kindergarten through sixth graders. Oh, wow. And I had some a, a couple amazing yeah. AIDS assistants that they were old women in the shoe with me. And <laughs> we were in a portable with no water, but we used to cook. And you could get food from the federal government. So we'd get like honey and peanut butter yeah. and dried milk and we'd make those peanut butter balls like we did cooking we had a great time like we had a lot of fun with no water with no water we'd have to run to the office and so it was super crazy oh but gosh. that's how I started in the district and then a head start opening came open and I oh, really wow. wanted it and I didn't get the first one because I wasn't bilingual mm. but then I got the second one so I was at Maple teaching head start okay um, under Harriet Herman at that time okay and Harriet was really encouraging me to go get my credential and I said I don't want to do that. But she bugged me and bugged me. So I went and took the clear credential. Yeah. I took the clear credential classes just in case. And then this, after the deadline, they announced this wonderful new intern program Mm. that the very first one at Cal State Fullerton. So I called him up. I'm like, you can't announce a program after a deadline. You've got to let me apply. And they're like, okay, you have a week. So Harriet helped me. Okay, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like, got all the paperwork, you know, helped me figure out who to go to to get this and that. And I applied and I get in this program. But by then it was full. So they stuck me in the bilingual block. Okay. But then I said, well, I'm not bilingual. And they're like, oh, you work with Spanish-speaking children. You'll be fine. It'll be great. Yeah. So I get there and I find out that it's a year and a half program. And if you want a bilingual credential, you could get one. Yeah. But you have to, you know, pass all these tests. So I needed to pass a reading and writing and a... And a speaking test. Uh And I was speaking fluent French then. Okay. Because I took school French all the time. And then I worked at Club Med for a year. Okay. So I spoke fluent French. So I, they said, take all the tests. So I took all the tests. I fail, fail. And then the the oral, yeah. I answered everything in French. And the lady spoke French, so she goes, oh, you answered everything in French. So at least I understood what she was saying. I just didn't know how to answer in Spanish. <laughs> Can I ask why you didn't answer in English? Like, you answered in French. That's so I'm, great. Yeah. Cause, cause, You're like, it's a bilingual yeah, test. Right? I'm going to give you French. So yes. French was closer to Spanish. <laughs> so I it love worked. It. I love yeah, it. Yeah, so it worked. And so she was like, well, you understood yeah. me. So you were okay. cool. You can make it. You just study. So we, I got That's to great. student teacher at Richmond yeah. under a sweet, darling teacher. But I'll tell you, I had been teaching preschool. So I had my own classrooms. I did bulletin boards. I did lesson plans, all that stuff. Yeah. So I was experienced in some ways, but not others. Yeah. And so I go in this class of a teacher. It's her 30th year, her last spring semester, and she's going to retire. Oh, wow. And old school, old school, the kind that would hold the the um, lesson plan book in her hand yeah. or maybe she didn't but she made me do it right. it was very hard for me because I'm not like that and so it was it was a okay experience but I don't I didn't learn anything really new mm. and innovative and exciting so I saw some of my fellow teachers with really innovative teachers that were learning all this cool stuff and I was just kind of getting by yeah and then we managed to get La Habra actually hired us. Pat Puglia wanted to hire me at Golden Hill as an intern. But in those days, we had an assistant superintendent that didn't believe in interns. Mm -hmm. So she wouldn't allow us to work here. Yeah. So we all went to La Habra and there was a bunch of us. Oh, wow. And we were all the bilingual teachers. Yeah. So I literally took Spanish 101 at night. (laughs) 
and my oh classes my for my credential. Yeah. And I taught all day in a fourth grade class. Half the kids spoke English and half the kids spoke Spanish. And I had my little lesson plan book with the Spanish book with the English underneath. And yeah. then I'd go to class at night. I'd go, oh, that's what that word means. <laughs> so it was super fun. It was super crazy. I had a great time with the kids. Yeah. Those kids were the class of 2000. Oh, my gosh. And um, I don't know. I hope they all did well. I'm but sure they did. I was enthusiastic I was and I tried hard. Yeah. We did really fun things with them. You know, we took the kids, all the bilingual classes, third, fourth, and fifth grade, because we were all interns from Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. And, you know, we got paid. We were paid like teachers, but, you know, we didn't have a full proper credential yeah. yet. We took them all to Cal State Fullerton to go see it because we thought students need to see the college. So they yeah. could. And they told us, oh, you don't get a tour. You just come. Do your own tour. There's no one to tour you. <laughs> so we did. And we were like, we went in the library and they found a Diego Rivera painting on the wall. And they were so excited. And we just like helped ourselves into classrooms. And we, it was hilarious. We showed them the bowling alley. And I, it was just, we did lots of fun. You know, yeah, we made great. the ice cream, the Ames, old Ames lesson uh -huh. ice cream out with 150 kids. Oh and I don't know how much ice we must have had. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really fun. Yeah. Um, but That's cool. Yeah, it was crazy, but I missed Fullerton. Yeah. And Minor Duncan had a kindergarten opening, and I applied for it. Yeah. And I was so excited. And actually, Sharon Quirksilva was teaching. First, she got hired first grade. So we both taught next to each other the next year. And that's, that's how I got cool. back to Fullerton. That's awesome. I wanted back to Fullerton because yeah. it feels more like home to yeah. me. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. been there ever since. Uh, yeah, I've been yeah. sort of kind of around ever since. <laughs> sort I of kind a, of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have um, a, a long history in Fullerton, yeah. but not always in the classroom. Great. Yeah. Great. Do you want to talk about any of the other sure. <laughs> Fullerton history? Yeah. yeah. What, what okay. else have you done in Fullerton? So, yeah, so I taught five years of kindergarten okay. at Richmond. And... Just to go back to my credential, yeah. that year and a half, yeah. I did. I took Span I tried starting in the Spanish 200 class, but I, the first mm. night I realized I didn't belong there. Like, yeah. I just did it. I needed yeah. the basics. Yeah. But once I had the basics, honestly, because I was fluent in French, I could transfer a lot of it. Mm. But the sad story is, I like, I had to push all the French out of my head. I just didn't have room for it. <laughs> yeah. and I put the Spanish in there, and now the French is gone. Oh, no. I'm super sad about it, but... Maybe oh. if I go to Paris or something, I'll get it back. Oh, for like, sure. Right? It'll think? come back. Yeah. So I took all the tests and I passed them. Uh -huh. And I got a bilingual credential. That's awesome. So I went to Richmond. Yeah. And I honestly, in La Habra, they paid us a stipend for being bilingual. And it was a really nice amount of money. Yeah. And I lost it by coming back to Fullerton because oh. Fullerton didn't pay for that. Oh. But... I was happier. Yeah. I was at Richmond. Yeah, I love Richmond. Cool. Awesome. I love Minor Duncan. You know, <laughs> I mean, how could you not want to work? Minor Duncan was my fifth grade and sixth grade principal as a child. Oh, wow. So then I worked for him. That's and cool. Yeah, super yeah. fun. Yeah. And I loved my students at Richmond and, and the moms. And I always had a million moms and babies. And those yeah. days, no one cared if the babies stayed in the class. And yeah. we would have two-year-olds. They'd have a journal, too. You know, sit down and do your <laughs> journal. Okay, here's a two-year-old journal. This is the start of multi-age. Yeah, full-on start that of multi-age. Age, yeah. And so I loved it. And honestly, I taught, we taught in Spanish all day long. Mm -hmm. um, so my Spanish got really, really good. Yeah. So I am bilingual now. Yeah. Um, well, that's actually a good place. Students. That's a good place to bring in a quote because somebody that um, we interviewed ahead of time brought up being bilingual and also um, making a welcoming environment for parents. So I'm going to read you those quotes and just okay. bounce those off of you. Um, 
All right, so this is from Yolanda McComb, uh, principal and now at Raymond. And so she said that um, you're gifted, you're extremely intelligent, intuitive, passionate, and a champion for all children and families. She's a crusader for the rights of children and their families. She uses her bilingual skills to really talk to parents and welcomes all parents into her classroom. Pam has always had an innate ability to provide a classroom environment where an amazing number of parents volunteer daily. So how did you talked about having, you know, younger brothers and sisters like, oh, just do the journal with us. Uh-huh. Talk about the role of parents in the classroom. What was that like? How, how did um, how did it come about that you're inviting people in or what was your thinking or your approach or what did you want to see or not see with these parents? Yeah, I think it just felt natural to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think especially at Richmond because I'm blonde and I was probably super young then, I guess. I'm not so much anymore, but I was then. And so I think at first they were shocked, like when I would speak to them, like, oh, she can talk to us. How cool, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I I don't know. I just felt like it's a natural thing for parents to be in the classroom. And then yeah. when I was welcoming, it's okay if your baby is here in the stroller. And in those days, there weren't a lot of rules about that stuff yeah. that we had to follow. We didn't have all those fingerprinting rules and all True. those TB rules. Yeah. And, you know, there's just so many rules now. Yeah. But we didn't have all that. And yeah. it was awesome because they helped a lot. And, yeah. and we found ways to make them feel welcome mm-hmm. because a lot of the parents that we worked with then honestly hadn't been able to go to school for a very long time in okay. their life, the majority yeah. of them. Yeah. And once I got to know them, a lot of them would share that. You know, I yeah. went to second grade and that was it. I went through third grade. Right. So they didn't even get to do the fun stuff. Yeah. So they actually really enjoyed it and yeah. were learning alongside their children. But we could also model for them how to work with their children. Right. So when they went home, they could do it too. Yeah. And I still know a lot of those parents. And honestly, I know a lot of those students. Like yeah. One day a little girl Facebooked me and she, she didn't have the same name as she did in kindergarten but her last name was the same as her mother's and she said do you remember me i said yeah i remember you and i took a picture i have all the years of you know my my composites from my classes i took a picture of her little face and i sent it to her and she's like oh my gosh how do you have that and i said of course i have that and of course i know you even though you don't have the same name why don't you have the same name right so she was surprised but so I posted all five of those pictures and the tagging began. Oh, boom, yeah. boom, boom. So oh, I probably yeah. have 40 or 50 of my students from yeah. those five years that are friends on Facebook. And they're all in their 30s and having children yeah. and, yeah. you know, trying to get along in life. And the cool thing that we talk about with all of them are like, they taught me to speak Spanish and I taught mm. them to speak English. Oh, that's cool. And so we taught each other how to be bilingual. Yeah. And so it's really awesome. Like, I love, I love that. That is cool. I'm going to go back to a word you said. Um, you used the word fun, like with parents who had not necessarily gone to school, maybe they stopped at second grade, and so they mm-hmm. didn't get to do all the fun stuff. Yeah. And I love that you talk about school as being f- the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that was actually another quote that somebody dropped in here. I'm going to see if I can. I have to put my glasses on um, and look through my notes. Gosh, I thought it was Nancy. Nancy. Nancy and I have fun, so I. Okay, bet right, she right said here. It. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the quote. So it's um, bonus feedback. Anything else you want to tell me about Pam? Okay. And she writes, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> like so much to say." Ha <laughs> ha. She is super fun and energetic. She always makes an effort to include everyone and in everything. We laugh all the time. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what do you think the role of fun is in the classroom? 
and and working with these parents and, and your has, approach. Yeah, it has a super important role because I know that it's serious business to learn. I know like, oh, some teachers get so tied up and I have to teach this and I have to teach that. I hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. I have to teach phonics and I can't do art and science. I have to teach their phonics. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, like our kids are learning their phonics and they're doing art and science. Mm-hmm. And you can do it all at the same time. But if you take it, if you make it no fun and everything's just, you're sitting at a desk and mm-hmm. you're, you're going, ah, 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 like <laughs> no one's learning that. You're never going to learn it. And you're mm-hmm. not going to leave like with this, the kids later, you don't remember all mm-hmm. those little lessons that someone taught you. You remember how, how your teachers and your fellow classmates and your parents made you feel. Mm-hmm. You remember if you felt loved. You remember if you felt safe and secure. Mm-hmm. You remember if you felt honored and that, you know, that your voice counted. You'll mm-hmm. remember all those things. Yeah. But, you know, do you remember any of your specific lessons? Like maybe a few of them. Yeah. The really cool ones. Yeah. But... Yeah, so I think it's really important. I mean, yeah, it has to be serious. And yeah, I'm a grumpy teacher too sometimes. <laughs> when the, yeah, when the kids are loud and they're not listening and you want them to sit on the carpet. I mean, yeah. we all have those days. But yeah. but it really, they really just need to be like a part of it and, and yeah. feel the joy of learning. Yeah. So I think some concrete examples around like things that you would turn to to create fun moments. So... Think about, like, let's say somebody's listening to the podcast, and that's maybe just not their outlook. And they're like, mm-hmm. they're so interested in what you, your your view. Or let's say they're a new teacher, and, and sometimes when you're a new teacher, you're worried about getting things right and yeah. being kind of perfect. And yeah. um, So what are some ways that you try to infuse fun? Like, what's a typical kind of Pam like? Uh, oh, you want to know our best can, one? Sure. Because <laughs> it's raining today, so okay. you're going to love this one. Okay. So... It was a weekend, and I was looking. I always look at the forecast because, like, what's going to happen this week? And right. it was going to rain for four days: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And every teacher knows that's just hell. Four <laughs> days of rain, no yeah. recess, no lunch. Like yeah. the first day's cool, but yeah. after that, it's not cool anymore, yeah. and no one's happy. Yeah. And you're trying to, you know, entertain everyone. And so I sent a little email to my teaching partners. I'm like, hey, what do you think if we have a play in the rain day? Wouldn't that be fun? Okay. Like, right? That's fun. But you have to make it educational, right? right? So you got to find a way to connect it. So luckily, you know, science and art and all of that is part of our life. And, yeah. and so we literally, during the week, um, we have art journals now at our school. Okay. And we did a really cool rain art lesson okay. in our yeah, art tell journals. Me about it. Um, I can't even remember how it looks. It's just really, it, it was just, we painted the puddles and the raindrops, oh, I think, with, yeah. we did the white, with the white crayon, and then okay. we did just the blue. We had that water, that liquid watercolor, and yeah. we painted over it. Yeah. So we did that on one page, and then the blank page next to it, so we left it blank. Mm-hmm. And then we went out, and we did rain poems, and we read some rain books. So yeah. we emailed all the parents, and we said, okay, if it's still raining on Thursday, so Wednesday it was, if it's still raining, send a change of clothes. Oh, my gosh. We're going to no, play in the rain. No way. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so the kids knew we were playing in the rain. They bring all They're their like stuff. They're like praying for rain. So we don't want to play in the rain in the morning because then we're going to be soppy, gross, yeah, wet yeah. all day, right? Yeah. So we're going to play in the afternoon. So it is like pouring. It's cats and dogs pouring in oh the morning. And we're like, oh, that looks really fun. And the kids are like, are we going to play in the rain? And we're like, not yet. The afternoon. So Wait And we're watching, it. you know, I'm watching the weatherman. And, and, and that weatherman, I don't know how they get paid because they're never right. And, and it's changing by the minute and we're flipping out like, oh my gosh, it's not going to rain when we need it to rain. So we kind of are sitting there after lunch yeah. and we're looking out at the rain and we're like, oh, it's not going to rain. So rain. we do a lesson. I can't remember. We had a plan like what we were going to do. So we do our lesson of whatever we're doing. And then we go, we just got to go out. And it's just barely drizzling, <laughs> yeah. barely drizzling. Yeah. Like, okay, guys. And there's huge puddles everywhere. That's the of good course, news. Like of outside course. of our classroom, there's a lake. Yeah. So we're going to go oh play gosh. in the rain. Look, it's raining. And they're like, yeah, that looks like great rain, Mrs. Keller. <laughs> so we go and we decide we're going to go out the back door and we have a little stoop and they're going to jump oh off into gosh. the lake. Oh, my gosh. So we jumped and we videotaped them jumping into the <laughs> lake and they were so happy. And then they're swashing through and all the other teachers are like looking like, at what? us. Out. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? And we're like, we have permission. <laughs> the parent, do the parents know? We're like, yes, they know. So as soon as all of us oh get gosh. out there, it starts pouring. Oh, it? But I mean pouring, oh pouring, yeah, pouring. Yeah. And we're out on the blacktop and there's giant puddles and kids are like doing cartwheels and cuddles. Oh they're laying in puddles. They're twirling their umbrellas, you know, because oh somehow gosh. their umbrellas, they're twirling their umbrellas. I yeah. mean, they were sopping wet. Yeah. They were jumping for joy. Yeah. We just had the best time. It's, we played and played and played, and then we went back in our classroom was sopping, sopping oh wet. And then we had we had put hot chocolate in our crock pots, yeah. and we had oh, marshmallows. See that? So yeah, we that's had, genius right uh -huh, there. So we had that. We have one boy who can't have dairy, so we brought a special thing for him. Yeah. You know, I think his mom brought it and whatever he could drink in his yeah. little thermos, so no one got left out. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting. It was super fun. So then after that, the next day they had to go back to their art journal. Yeah. And they had to write a reflection. So they mm. either had to write. So we went over the different kinds of things. You could just yeah. free write. Yeah. And I showed them how you could write. Like you could write drip, mm -hmm. drop, and make it look like a raindrop. Right, right. And you yeah. can make a puddle and you can write splash, 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 splash. So we, we talked yeah. about all the different ways. Yeah. So everybody did really uh, very innovative, creative, yeah. you know, reflections because they really liked it so yeah. much. And now every time it rains, yeah. they ask us, can oh, we sure. go in the rain? I'm like, we didn't bring our change of clothes. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you you got them so, I mean, literally immersed, but I mean, mm -hmm. you got them so into the moment yeah. that then when you do the reflection piece, it's so rich. Yes. Because. It wasn't hard to get it out of them yeah. at all. Yeah, and even if they they don't have the words, they they have the emotion, and they mm -hmm. were really connected to that experience, yeah. Yeah. and they want to write, which is yeah. amazing. Um, there's something else you did that I, I just find fascinating, which is that kind of like they almost feel like they're doing something you're not supposed to uh -huh. do at school. Yeah. And so I wonder, like, is that atypical? Like I've talked to other people, I interviewed them, and that's part of how they make magic in the classroom. So talk to me about that. Like, is that is that something um, you draw upon or or how do you how do you use that? Yeah, like? probably we do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to admit it. I have like a little joke. I'm like, tell me the rules so I can break it. <laughs> okay. If I'm really worried, you know, then I check in with, you know, yeah. our, uh, 
our, what's it called, risk management. Right. She loves me. She's like, oh, Pam, here you go. But <laughs> I always tell her she's the buzzkill of the district. <laughs> I love her to death, but yeah. I don't like all those rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we, we try to, we, I always live within the rules so that no one gets in trouble. Right. But we do try to do things yeah. that are different and exciting yeah. and, and even the way you play it up to the students yeah. I, I mean being outside in the rain is not dangerous like the kids yeah. are going to do it on the way home they probably did <laughs> the rest of the week coming to school yeah. but there's this you've created almost like this stage of like yeah like this is going to happen this is so exciting yeah <laughs> we're going to get sopping wet at school right yeah. right yeah mm -hmm. that's cool yeah so what um hmm so it's interesting you talked about being conscious of the rules, but then also trying to break them or find this room for yeah. kids to feel like yes. there's a certain freedom. To feel freedom. like you're not always tied down, like you're not yeah. always glued with your bottom to a chair. Yeah. You know, and I think I was that way with Richmond Kindergarten. You know, we went on at least 20 field trips every year. Mm. And we had a little field trip wow. journal. Yeah, and Richmond's lot. located in a really cool spot. Yeah. So we went over to um, the farmer's market. We could walk there. Yeah. There was a water place right there called Yosemite Water or something. So we went and did a tour of the water and we learned about the wells oh, of the that's water. Cool. Um, we, wa we walked to, honestly, we walked all the way to the fire station at Brookhurst and <laughs> Valencia, oh. which took 45 minutes. So everyone thought I was crazy, but I'm like, well, it's closer than the main branch one. And yeah. so we would, because we couldn't afford, you know, we did the one bus a year or the two buses a year, whatever PTA can help pay for. But yeah. after that, we didn't have money to pay for it. So we literally walked everywhere. Wow. We walked to Spaghetti Factory. We convinced them, Sharon and I did this. We convinced yeah. them to give us um, spaghetti dinners at three bucks a kid. Oh my gosh. And we walked over and they wore their little fancy clothes. Oh, and that's so cool. And we showed them how to eat nicely. And we sat in the big room yeah. and we had our spaghetti and then we oh walked gosh. back. That's so and cool. And so we just yeah. did a lot of that. Like, yeah. And I still do that in my classrooms. Like, We still do a lot of field trips. Like, yeah. I really... There's teachers that I don't know why. Sorry, teachers, if you're listening that don't like field trips. <laughs> but I'm always shocked by that. Like, yeah. I would go on a field trip every week if I could. Right. I love them. Yeah. I think they learn so much. Yeah. And I learn a lot. And you're just outside and you're not in the confines of the classroom. Yeah. And there's so much yeah. you can do. And we do. We don't just go on field trips. I mean, we take, like, wagons of stuff with us. <laughs> when we go to the Arboretum in Fullerton, we yeah. take an art lesson. So we'll, one teacher oh, will sit by cool. the pond, and um, the kids are looking at the turtles, and then we're yeah. doing a direct draw of a turtle. And then yeah. when we go back to class, we'll watercolor it or whatever. So That's cool. we do a lot of, you know, yeah. we don't just go and run around. Right. There's just a lot of lessons with it that yeah. are hands-on and appropriate for wherever we may be. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Well, we are almost at our time. I can't uh -oh. believe it's almost been a half hour. <laughs> but I do. I want to end with this one quote. This is from your husband, John. And he. I said, what's one word? You look worried. Don't be worried. <laughs> he said, one word to stand f uh, in for Pam. Like, if you had to sum Pam up in one word. And he said, boundless. Oh. And so I was wondering, what do you think that means? Or if, <laughs> if you're not sure, what do you think the importance of a boundless attitude or a boundless approach to education and teaching yeah. and learning? What do you think about that? I think he I think that probably just means I, there's no limits. Like I'll I'll go anywhere and try anything. Oh. 
Interesting. I have a kindergartner in my class who keeps asking me if I'm scared of anything. He wants me to be scared of something. So he keeps, I just said, no, I'm very brave. I'm not scared. <laughs> but he finally, we agreed that I could be scared if a great white shark tried to eat me. Yeah. So I agreed to be scared of that. But other than that, like, so, than I mean, that. I have fear like everyone else, but I'm not afraid to try anything. Yeah. And... I think that's important. I yeah. see a lot of fear in educators. Like they're worried that the principal is going to get mm. mad at them or they're married, worried the parents are going to get mad or they're worried something's going to happen yeah. to a student or they're worried that the superintendent's going to get mad. I, you know what? We're all people. Every, yeah. Everyone from you know, the, the guy up at the top to the yeah. person at the bottom, yeah. we're all just people. We all you know, go to sleep and wake up and we all started somewhere. And yeah. I don't think anyone's, you know, I don't know. I'm not scared of that. Like, I don't think you should be. Yeah. I think everyone should be brave to do what they think is right. Yeah. Especially if you're a teacher. Like, that's your world. You should try new things. You should be, like you say, innovative and, and, you know, excited. Because I think the kids get excited. And we follow the lead of our kids a lot. Mm. Like, they want to do something. Mm. So our students our students are boundless as well because they want to try things. Yeah. So one of our students four years ago started, you know, he found out there were people that were hungry that didn't have food. And yeah. so every Thanksgiving he does a food drive, and it was oh, his, wow. and he brought the box, and he made the sign. And oh, that's so, so cool. So our students do things like that. Yeah. And, it's re- and they bring it to us, and it's really yeah. exciting. And then they do things in class. They want it. They're, they're funny. They, they don't want to go to recess. I'll be like, is writing over? Do I have to go to recess? Can I keep writing? And I always tease them. I'm like, you're the strangest kids I've ever met. Yeah. Every kid wants to go to recess. Yeah. Not us. We want to finish right. Can I take my writing to recess? I'm like, no, go be a kid. Go play. <laughs> That's so cool. So, yeah, it's yeah. super funny. I love that you say the kids bring, a, like, an untapped amount. Like, every kid's different, so yeah. they're going to bring in whatever they're interested in mm-hmm. or whatever they've heard about yeah. or are curious about. And, and so, like, as you look at them, they're sort of supplying the class with ideas. Yeah. That's kind of like how well, it sounds so like you So my teaching partner, it. Nancy, one of them, I have two teaching partners, Jen and Nancy. So Nancy always says, it's like, you're playing a b- game of catch. Mm. So the teacher throws the ball to the student. Mm-hmm. Throw the ball to the student. Yeah. Then the student throws the ball back. Yeah. And then you have to respond and you throw the ball yeah. back. And so that's how we do try to teach. Yeah. So the set lesson plan or the I'm going to do this for sure. Our lesson plan, we're always erasing. It's in pencil. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. the kids take you in a completely different direction. It's way better than the direction you were going to go. Yeah. And you have for to sure. follow their lead because yeah. if they're interested and they're excited, they're going to learn so much more than if you stick to your little plan of, oh, we're just going to do this and keep yeah. it narrow. Yeah. So boundless is a good word. Good job, honey. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for our time. I just want to say thank you. This has been an absolute joy and absolute pleasure because it just flew by like that. I know. That was yeah. so fast. Yeah. So thank anyways, you. thank Thanks you. Thanks for inviting me. Sure. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.